everybody. Welcome to the Reflections of the Savior podcast. I'm Josh Hill, and I'm here with John Wiggins, Alex Cowan, and Chris Mock. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about who Jesus is, asking the question, who is Jesus Christ? So buckle up, because this one is going to be really heavy and really deep. All right, so... Uh... I, um, I'll, I'll just start off with a thought. We, we want to read, uh, let's read John 1, 1 and 3 to start off uh, and just talk about uh, what, what it says for a second. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Uh, Alex, I'm sure you have some thoughts on uh, on that passage. You want to share a thought? It's a verse that I've spoke often of <laughs> during this podcast, one that we went through. It was our um, Advent sermon series uh, last year. But see, we, we have here the beginning of um, Christ being described as the Word, being with God, in community with God, and being God himself. Um, all things were made through him and without him. Uh, not anything was made that was made. So there at the beginning of creation, and later on in John, we're going to see that this word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm-hmm. And that is going to take us into our first section, which is going to talk about Jesus being fully man mm-hmm. when this word um, takes on flesh and comes and dwells among us. So what are the implications uh, of of the word taking on flesh? What is the What are the implications um do Jesus's humanity have pertaining his sufficient death for our sins? So, so we're talking about. Uh, Sorry, I just went right into that. I don't even <laughs> no, know. Just set that so up. Let's, about, yeah, let's get let's get a little, you know, warmed up. Uh, I just panicked and read the first question. <laughs> <laughs> the humanity of Jesus. Uh, uh, that that is how, how it's really talking about how that's so essential to to Christ. Uh, sufficient death for our sins. So I think, uh, you know, his humanity, he, there, there had to be a sacrifice made uh, for, for our sins, a perfect sacrifice. And, and so uh, uh, I think his being human, human, just like us in that way, uh, makes him a candidate for being the sacrifice, whereas goats and, and, rams and whatever else were insufficient uh uh jesus is uh who who is called the lamb of god right who takes away the sins of the world that we see john say that early in the gospels uh because he's but he's not a lamb right he's a person uh but he's but he's saying that of him because uh jesus is the perfect sacrifice uh for sin I think we see that discussion laid out real clearly in Romans where Paul's talking about hey, there was this man, Adam, who fell. And because of his fall, we're all impacted by sin. But this second Adam, Jesus, came. And because he lived a just and perfect life and his sacrifice was sufficient as a man to cover for the sins of men and women, obviously mankind. But Absolutely. You know, it, it speaks to, um, John, you talked about, he had to identify with the people that he was saving in order to be a sacrifice that was viable for the salvation of those people. By being born as a full human, by being f- born into full humanity, he was heir to Adam's sin, just like all of us were in the same way. 
being without the nature of, of that sin in and of itself. So it's important to know that as, as we, were co- we are now co-heirs with Christ because he was once a co-heir with us of the sin that he conquered. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thought. I was thinking about <coughs> the, uh, uh, the verse that talks about how uh, you've been uh, in First Peter, I think it is, where it says, since you've been born again, not of, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Uh, um, <coughs> and uh, we, we, we know that it's not of silver or gold that we've been redeemed, but it's through the blood of Jesus. And that's, uh, uh, this is how um, the precious blood of Jesus has, has been the sufficient sacrifice for us, you know. Uh, so maybe we've touched on that uh, sufficiently. He is fully man. Jesus uh, is every bit 100% man. Uh, God, uh, he's man 100% uh, and also God, right? Fully, fully God uh, and, and both of those at the same time. Uh, fully God, fully man. Uh, so kind of moving to the deity side of things. Uh, the passage here t- uh, is John 8, 57 and 58. If, that, if you're not familiar with that, that's the passage with, where Jesus speaks to his having been before Abraham. Before Abraham was, I am, is what Jesus says. Uh, he affirms his deity in that, in that he's referring to the, the situation that happened in the burning bush and uh, with Moses saying, asking the question, who, who, do you, who are you? Who, who can I tell Pharaoh uh, that is sending me? And, and God says, you tell him the I am has sent you. And Which to his entire audience, to Jesus' entire audience at that time was complete and utter blasphemy at right. that point. You mm-hmm. know, to say not only, hey, I've come before Abraham, who was the patriarch. traditional father of their faith, the mm-hmm. literal patriarch of, of the family of Jews, um, but to then go so far as to say, I am, the same exact vernacular that God himself used to describe himself, that would have been shocking at best to the people who were listening to him at that point. Sure, ab- absolutely. Reminds me of when um, Jesus heals the paralytic man, and yeah. they're all shouting out blasphemies, mm-hmm. because there's what, what they're saying in their head is only God has the authority to forgive sin. Mark and, 4. And then yeah. Jesus says to them, eh, so that you will know that the Son of Man has authority to Mark forgive two, sin. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, he says, so that you know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sin. Rise, pick up your bed and walk. Right, right. So he's, he's doing that in that moment to show them that, mm-hmm. that he is God. Yeah. That he has right. the authority. To now, which, is, which is harder, to forgive sin or to tell a lame man to get yeah. up and walk? Yeah. And I was just reading this morning um, where Jesus walks on the water. He gets into the boat and he calms the, the storm. And it says that those in the boat, his disciples fell down and worshiped him saying truly you are the son of god and it's just those moments where like healing the paralytic jesus is putting on display if you can't see that i am deity what are you what are you looking at it's obvious denial of what is obviously true so. mm-hmm. absolutely um what makes the deity of christ essential to the christian faith what would be lost without this doctrine well i, I think uh, it's the deity of, deity of Christ uh, is essential because uh, it is um, uh, it, it's it's his ability to uh, uh, to to give an eternal sacrifice. Uh, it, this is this is a our sin. We I think we th- think of it in terms of the finiteness uh, in, in the the moment uh, and and uh, the feeling or the wrong wrongful. 
action or whatnot, and <clears throat> showing that's true, but we are separated from, uh, we are finite people separated from an infinite God by our sin, and there's a massive chasm there uh, that only a, a, a divine uh, Jesus could, could feel. Uh, that's what I think about yeah. when I think about yeah, the, the perfect representative as a man for humanity, but also being able to go before and advocate in the presence of God required deity. Yeah, And, and what would be lost is, um, Jesus says it of himself. So what would be lost is, you would have to say Jesus didn't mean what he said. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the C.S. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, it makes it, you know, like you said, in better ways than I did, I'm sure, but... Um, an eternal punishment and an eternal um, transgression against an eternal God required an eternal Savior. Yeah, what man could bear the weight of the wrath of God for, for the sins of many? Mm. Mm-hmm. Only, only the God-man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what about Colossians? Uh, Colossians uh, 1.15 says, uh, I'll read a little bit. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. That means he's ranking uh, that, that's a, in, in terms of ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, for by him all things were created in heaven or earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or, th- or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Uh, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. But going back uh, to this, this picture, uh, we, we see the very first words of verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. What does that mean? He is the image of the invisible God. That we, uh, we in the life of Christ, in his being and in his doing, we have an opportunity to see God at work on earth. We get to see the heart of God towards the poor and the neglected and the unloved and the destitute. We have to get to see the heart of the Lord in forgiveness. Um, and, and love for others. And we get to um, look and see how would God interact with people and how would God call people to live mm-hmm. if we he also, was to literally walk the streets of the world. And in, in, in the earthly death of Christ, we see the juxtaposition of the justice of God and the mercy of God ultimately too. You know, we see the mercy of God on display in the physical death of Christ on our behalf, but we see the justice of God in the giving of that death to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hear often in the Old Testament of loving other people and caring for other people and all these things, but then we get to see the image of that in Christ kneeling at his disciples' feet and washing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. a physical <laughs> manifestation of the real presence of God yeah. on earth. You know, that's yeah. what I think about when yeah. I think of the image of of God. Like, um, uh, like literally an icon, I think, is the word there. It's it's uh, a literal image of of who God is and we got to or the world got to experience mm-hmm. that God on earth yep. um, in a real way so uh, Jesus fully God a fully man um, uh, we talked about that uh, uh, both of those now and so um, there's obviously a lot of arguments around that right there's a lot of people who have come in and said different things they've emphasized one side or the other they they may, maybe they emphasize uh, the the deity of Jesus and, and downplayed the humanity or vice versa. They upplayed the humanity of Jesus and, and because he was matter, he couldn't possibly have been 
God at the same time. And so, so different heresies have come about. I know you guys have, you, you talked about that a little bit ago. Uh, what are some, any, any thoughts about any of that that you'd, you'd like to share? There's, a, uh, there's one uh, heresy which would have just used the verse we just spoke about with mm-hmm. Jesus being the firstborn of all creation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be Arianism or Arianism that would come in and say, well, that means Jesus wasn't divine and that he is a created being. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of verse that they would use for that. And um, John, you already spoke to that a little bit, but what that verse is really talking about is uh, is, a, is a rank, not an order of creation. He is the head. Yeah. I think in Scripture we find a lot of things that come across as paradoxical. Like these two things that the Bible says are true, but we can't see how they're both true at the same time. And they don't contradict, but it's just hard for us to be able to tell. And I think a lot of the times, even with other issues, not just the the deity and humanity of Jesus, but you see people who they have their convictions about these things based on Scripture, Mm -hmm. but without a full view of what all of Scripture is saying. And so they narrow in on a certain set of ideas and kind of pushed to the side the other ideas without holding all the things in balance and harmony. And I think that's how you fall into that in this area and also in other areas is you just have to say what the Bible says when it says it and not pretend like you know more than God. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think one thing that's significant to kind of understanding uh, how there was such a struggle for the, the understanding of who Jesus was being fully man and fully God was the philosophies of the day, right? Uh, so many philosophies, you have things like Stoicism, Mithraism, uh, Gnosticism. I mean, th- so many different, uh, you know, Marcion comes uh, later, you know, and, and so <clears throat> so many things and, and thoughts that are so, kind of preconceived thoughts that were parts of people's philosophical kind of worldview uh, that uh, Jesus was really shattering in some big ways by, by coming and being fully man and fully God. By, by existing, shattering <laughs> yeah, his yeah. paradigm. And, yeah. and you mentioned when you asked us this question, like the the sort of um, dualism of the what is material and what is flesh and mm-hmm. what is spirit and non-physical mm-hmm. kind of being in the minds of everyone during that time in the Roman Empire and that being uh, a major issue uh, in trying to understand how Jesus could be something dirty and nasty and physical but also this super majestic and holy non-physical thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, very good. When obviously that's a part of what we're gonna, what we'll close with here. Last question, uh, having to do with Philippians two, uh, Philippians two five through eleven. Considering what you know about the person of Jesus, uh, is it possible that the Apostle Paul means that Jesus gave up his divinity for a season? And uh, obviously not. We're not going to agree with that. Um, uh, what does it mean when he says that Jesus emptied himself? The passage uh, that we're talking about there, Philippians 2, is uh, the passage where it says uh, he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And, and it, read it for us right there. Yeah, from uh, verse 5. Here we go. Um, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm -hmm. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, that's a good verse to quote in a sermon like I did last week, right? <laughs> I think I quoted some of that there mm-hmm. uh, just because it talks about the humiliation and the exaltation yes, that's right. of Jesus. But, but here we're, but he, we're seeing him say he did not consider you know, e- equality with God, his divinity, something to be held onto uh, or, or grasped. That's the word there. Uh, um, and, and so there is some kind of, of letting go of some of his divine qualities to be human. And I think what we... What, what's I think what he's talking about primarily is his his a lot of his omnis you know like for example you know we think about his omnipresence like Jesus the person of Jesus was existing in a place you know and in 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 a human form in that way he 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 um, uh, his his um, omniscience there's there there was some things he gave up knowledge of uh, we know for example the second coming when Jesus says uh, it's uh, only the Father knows you know. Uh, uh, you know, when, when uh, there'll be the return of Christ, you know. So, so I, think, uh, I think Jesus is, is emptying himself of some, some of those, uh, I don't know if we call it metaphysical maybe, uh, characteristics, uh, in a sense. I don't, I'm not really sure how we would term those, some, some of those types of, of, uh, um, of deity attributes that, mm-hmm. and um, and it's important i think for us to to realize that he wasn't giving up like you said he wasn't giving up his deity he was giving up expressions of his deity right yeah that's good yeah, yeah. for for me he's failing them sure yeah. uh clothing them with humanity mm-hmm. and thus his clothing with humanity is 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 setting them aside maybe and when yeah, it talks about emptying it's in the context of serving others now if josh said man i if Josh emptied himself to care for the choir, he didn't give up who he was as Josh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just put all of his um, focus, mission would be to care for the choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? I, I think of it like a, a king, right? There's a king sitting on mm-hmm. his throne in his palace, enjoying the benefits of being the king. And one day the king decides to take off his robes and just put on some street clothes and walk around in the streets. And he's not being catered to. He's not enjoying the benefits of being the king, but he's still the king. Right. Some people may recognize that he's the king. Other people may not recognize that he's the yeah. king. But his status as king doesn't change just because he's walking around in street clothes. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, it's hard, it's the difficulty I think here is is for for some people is to is to kind of get their mind around how he he is not becoming less uh, here. He's not becoming less God. He's still 100% God, uh, but he is. He is himself choosing uh, to uh, not exercise some of his divine qualities as he did. And I think a lot of that uh, is difficult in America, especially. Um, and that's, I say that because that's the only context I've ever known. But we are so quick to identify ourselves with our work or with the things that we do. So the idea of our nature being separate from the expression of our nature is completely foreign in, mm-hmm. in, in our minds. Right. So the idea that Christ separates aspects of his nature from himself without giving up that nature seems to be a little bit mm-hmm. more difficult for us to get. I, I, for me, the, the best illustration I've, I've ever heard about it would be Bruce Ware's uh, in his systematic. He talks about how, uh, you know, you go to a dealership and you, you purchase a you, you you t- say, can I take this car for a spin? And the guy's like, sure, go ahead. And he takes it for a spin, and he goes mud riding, and he comes right back, and and uh, and there's mud all over the vehicle, you know, it's covered <laughs> up, and and uh, the dealer guy goes, wait a second, you, th- 
what'd you do to my car? And he's like, no, it's, it's the same car. <laughs> it's just got mud on it. And uh, if you wash it off, it'll still be the same car, you know? And that was kind of his illustration for saying every bit of the divinity is intact in, in the person of Jesus. And he's added an earth suit, if you will, uh, like a space suit, as Dr. Yance would say. That is an the earth most suit. Dr. Yance thing uh, ever. Yeah, I like that one too. And so, <clears throat> so he's added something to himself. He's not taken away anything in his divinity. And, and so uh, um, that's, and that is, it's, it's, uh, it is extremely important because what we're saying is that, um, that he, uh, he was God, he is God, and he's always been, uh, he always will be, you know, like this is, uh, Jesus is, is that, uh, he is not man who became God, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's what some people believe, uh, as well, uh, and, and we would say, uh, no, that's wrong, uh, that's yeah. false, uh, that's not who Jesus is, and, and I was, I was thinking beforehand, I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I always get, I said this earlier with the guys, I always get frustrated when I hear people say, well, to me, Jesus is, you know, and fill in the blank there, uh, because it really doesn't matter what I, what my perception of Jesus is for everyone. What really matters is that my perception of who Jesus is aligns with what scripture says about who Jesus is. And that's eternally significant for every single person on the face of the earth, that they, uh, that they recognize who Jesus is uh, his, his, um, his virgin birth, uh, his, his full, his full divinity, uh, in his ability to do miraculous things and the supernatural, his, his humanity in that he dealt with things just like we do, uh, in that we, he, he could sympathize with us in our every weakness and our every limitation of being human, uh, and our every temptation of being human. And so he, he could, he could deal with all of that and yet, and remain, uh, uh, in, in himself sinless and thus offer up for us the perfect sacrifice uh, at Calvary's cross so that we could have forgiveness for sin. And that's the good news of the gospel that, we, that there's been a perfect sacrifice, that the, the lamb uh, has, has come. And John was right uh, to, to bear witness of this. Yeah, this is the, uh, the, the, the lamb that has come to offer the once and for all sacrifice that Hebrews would, would talk so much about. Uh, as being um, sufficient for anyone uh, who would place their faith in Jesus and repent of their sin, and, and so uh, it's good news. It's good news, and it but but it's Im- it's imperative that we know rightly what Scripture says about Jesus uh, in in knowing uh, knowing and having a relationship with Jesus and being and experiencing salvation. Absolutely. Well, if you want to know more about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, we would love to talk to you. Um, But uh, until we see you again, uh, make sure you connect with us on Facebook and uh, YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all of those other great places where you can find this podcast. But um, until we meet you again, uh, we love you and we're praying for you.